Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 360 on Now You Know. So I guess last week when we said we hadn't received an email from Tesla about the whole FSD transfer policy. I see that you got an email just like I did from Tesla on Friday, explaining that you can transfer full self-driving from your existing Tesla to a new Tesla if you take delivery by September 30th. After we complained that Elon saying it on an earnings call isn't exactly the right way to communicate with Tesla owners. Coincidence? Look, that was just one of the many reasons why I was upset about this new policy and why I think Tesla is making a mistake. And we are not alone. Since last week's Tesla Time News came out, we have received a lot of emails, tweets, I mean, X's and comments all agreeing with us. People writing in wanting to know how they can contact Elon because Elon has said in 2016, quote, we always try to do the right thing at Tesla. We really care about that. When we make mistakes, it's just because we were being foolish or stupid or whatever. Now, he has since deleted that tweet, but I do think Elon wants to do the right thing. It's just that I think in this case, he sees FSD differently than customers do. To Elon, he can see clearly that full self-driving is going to be this incredible world-altering technology. There will be life before FSD and life after FSD. That's how incredible and disruptive this technology will be. Just like there was life before the printing press and after it. Or before the internet and after it. Or before the smartphone and after it. You get those examples because they already happened. FSD hasn't happened yet. Some of you watching believe it's coming soon. Some of you don't believe it will happen at all. But to Elon, I think this is extremely personal. The reason he can push forward as hard and as fast as he does on everything he does is because he believes that as long as he's not breaking the rules of physics, what he wants to achieve is achievable. He knows how valuable this FSD technology will be, and he can't understand why so many people don't comprehend it. He thinks he's already giving us a huge discount, even at $15,000, because he knows once it's fully solved, it will be worth so much more. And he's right, but he's also wrong. We early FSD buyers do believe in him. By and large, we are his biggest supporters, buying an expensive software package that doesn't really do yet what it will do someday. For that, many of us feel that we should be valued and depreciated. Instead, being told that we will get a one-time amnesty as if we're some kind of criminals and that we must act in the next 60 days feels... Well, to me, it feels like a punch in the gut. Jesse and I support you, Elon. We have for the past 360 shows and we'll continue to support you. But friends tell friends when they think they've got something wrong. And I think you got this wrong. You've offended a great many people with this policy. And you aren't helping the company with this policy either. And all you need to do to fix it, in my opinion, is pretty simple. Extend the time period to buy a new Tesla with the FSD transfer out to a more reasonable point. In my opinion, it would be to when I, as a Tesla owner, want to sell my car. That's it. Then I feel valued instead of being used as a demand trigger. Now, I bought my ex, Sparky, back in 2015. At the time, I paid an additional $2,500 for the full self-driving package. To be clear, Sparky has AP1 hardware. It has never had FSD beta. It can drive an autopilot on the highway, and that's it. It will never have full self-driving. There's no possible way. It doesn't even have side cameras, let alone powerful enough hardware. No one from Tesla has ever reached out to me to explain my options, even though I've asked many times, I feel completely abandoned. Now, have I made tons of videos complaining about this? No. Do you know why? Because I was sure. I was sure. 
that Tesla would eventually do the right thing. I knew how busy you guys were making amazing things, helping to make this planet of ours a better place. And so I was patient and I thoroughly enjoy what my car can do. But you did promise me FSD. And now, according to this policy, if I don't sell Sparky and buy a new Tesla in the next 60 days, I will never be able to have FSD, something I already paid for. So I guess I'm confused. Why are you doing this to me? I don't want to sell Sparky right now. I actually can't sell Sparky right now. 60 days doesn't give me enough time, even if I wanted to. Elon may have forgotten what it feels like to be a non-billionaire, but for many of us, we can't just go buy a new car at the drop of a hat. It takes saving and planning. What you just did feels so cavalier, Elon, so thoughtless. Look, I'm team Elon. I always have been. I stood with you publicly at every turn because I believe in you. And this policy, no matter how stupid I think it is, doesn't change that. I am still team Elon, but I am disappointed in this decision. And I hope you can see I'm not alone and that you may have made a mistake that will hurt your reputation and your company, a mistake that I hope you will correct. We're going to chop up that story. We're going to post it on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, I'm sorry, X, if you're on X and you want to, um, tweet it at Elon because I think that we all are kind of in agreement there. If you don't agree with it, you don't have to tweet. But I think that this leads us to our next story. Bloomberg just released a survey of 5,000 Model 3 owners who sold or replaced their Tesla with another brand. The number one reason given by Model 3 owners for walking away from Tesla? Disapproval of Elon Musk, and that is at 21.5%. Look, there are FUD stories, and there are news outlets that publish a lot of Tesla FUD. Now, I don't want to say that just because I'm unhappy with Tesla's FSD policy that I want to start promoting FUDDy surveys and articles, but I do think this survey could be helpful to Tesla. As a Tesla shareholder, I think it's important to see why people might be leaving the brand. Now, obviously, Elon is Elon, and he's not going to stop sharing his thoughts and ideas on X anytime soon. So if some people don't approve of him, that will turn off some potential customers. Just like it attracts many customers. Right. I mean, many people like what Elon Musk is doing with electric vehicles, solar batteries, SpaceX, Neuralink, and more. What might be concerning is not that some people are turned off by Elon. It's the number of people. Because if we look at this survey again, 21.5% disapprove of Elon. And then on that third line there, number three, it says 17.8% are, quote, unhappy with Tesla's brand perception. And I think that is also tied to Elon as a person as well. Hmm. So you're saying that's 39.3% of people didn't buy another Tesla in some way related to their disapproval or perception of Elon? Well, look, let's let's keep the survey in perspective. No brand has 100% customer loyalty. There are always going to be some customers, no matter how great your brand is, who are going to leave and buy something else. Let's point out that in this very survey, Bloomberg found that 87% of Model 3 owners are considering a Tesla for their next vehicle, which is an incredibly high customer retention. 4,350 50 people out of 5,000 people surveyed are planning to buy Teslas again. But of the 650 who are leaving, 255 of them are leaving, not because the product isn't great, but because they don't approve of Elon. That's 5.1% of existing customers. So extrapolate that out. And of the approximate 2.6 million Tesla owners in the world, that would mean 132,600 of them might not buy another Tesla because of their views on Elon. That's potentially over $7 billion in car sales. And here's the thing. Many Tesla shareholders say that Elon should stop tweeting, stop Xing. But I think Elon should continue being Elon. If this is the only downside, then we should be very happy because A, many of these customers will be back once they discover how bad the service, quality, features, including lack of safety are on their next non-Tesla vehicle. And B, I do believe Tesla's FSD is going to change what cars are. How did Tesla get as far and as fast as they did? Elon Musk. 
Elon being Elon is how you get all this. Stifle him, shut him up, and you take away many of his superpowers. He attracts the best and the brightest talent. He is incredibly perceptive, and he's not afraid to share his thoughts. Maybe those people who want to stop him sharing his thoughts should stop for a second and ask themselves, what makes a democracy work? What advances technology? The free exchange of ideas. You can't expect to like all of those ideas, can you? But you certainly don't want to only hear ideas you like, do you? How would you learn anything if you weren't exposed to different ideas and different perspectives? If I didn't buy services and products because I disapproved of the CEOs of the company selling them, first of all, I would have no time to get anything done. Siri, tell me Jeff Bezos' thoughts on everything. Siri, I'm going to the grocery store today. Tell me what the CEO of Market Basket thinks about electric cars, solar energy, and composting before I go shopping. I mean, I certainly hope that you don't stop watching Tesla Time News just because you might not agree with us on everything. Now, I, I just want to kind of push back on this. I think that- You want to disagree with me? First of all, I think that this Bloomberg sur survey is suspect just on its face because it's from Bloomberg. Yeah. I don't trust Bloomberg as far as I can throw them. And no. because they're a multinational uh, news organization, it's really hard to pick them up in the first place. And secondly, I do think that these numbers are incredibly small. Mm. I, I don't think that this makes a big difference. And I also I want to push back on your point about Tesla's brand perception being tied to Elon Musk. I think that some of it is in some ways tied to Elon, but I think that a lot of it is just tied to kind of the perception that Teslas are uh, more expensive than they actually are. So you're saying that like someone buys a Tesla and then their Everyone, neighbors start they, to go they, like, they go like, oh, oh friend, you got yourself a Tesla. So fancy. Ooh, you're too good for us now. I think that that can make people feel uncomfortable. Uh, a lot of people I've heard all over the internet think that Teslas are an 80 or $100,000 plus car. Obviously you can buy one that costs more than that, but a Model 3 is nowhere near that in terms of price. I think that that has a little bit of something to do with it. Um, and I also think here, I'm just not going to take this too seriously because this is a very small percentage, in my opinion. Good point. And the hundred, you know, the hundred thousand Tesla owners, if you extrapolate this out, is misleading because I don't think that that's how this survey is going to work. I think that Bloomberg is going to find all of the people that are unhappy with Elon and then publish those results. So I think that first of all, those are inflated, and if that is truly the the number of people who are going to leave because of Elon, I think that Elon is going to attract more than double that number um, to buy his vehicles. British planning document from the Swindon designer outlet North Car Park in Kemble Drive, Swindon, Wiltshire, shows that Tesla's version 4 superchargers will be putting out 350 kilowatts of charging speed. These drawings make it look like the version 4 chargers have longer cables. So do you think that's to support other EVs that don't have the charging port on the rear driver's side? It could be. Now, I mean, this is a complicated uh, thing here because we're about to get into volts. So a lot of EVs on Chevy the, volts. Uh, well, no, <laughs> no. Uh, so Tesla's on the road right now have 400 ish volt battery packs. Yep. There are some other brands that have moved to 800 volt charging packs. Right. So, for example, the Porsche Taycan has an 800 volt battery pack. If it goes to a Tesla supercharger, the supercharger can't give it enough volts to charge the pack quickly. It has to go through a DC to DC converter. Um, and so it's very limited in its charge speed. My question is, if this is a 350 kilowatt charger, does that mean that they've upped the voltage to 800 volts for the version 4 supercharger, which would mean that maybe for a Porsche Taycan, it would be able to charge at 350 kilowatts as opposed to like 25 or 50, um, having to go through a DC to DC converter. And also, if they moved up to 800 volts, would this point to the Cybertruck being an 800 volt charging system. Okay, but if this is for the Cybertruck, then why are they putting this in in England? 
Is there going to be a Cybertruck in England? Hey, look, kids. There's Big Ben and there's Parliament. Now, the other thing to look at is that these aren't NACs. These are CCS. What do you mean? I mean, they don't have Tesla plugs. They have the CCS plugs, the, the European version. Yes. We know Big Ben. But I think what's important to note is that this would imply that all version 4 superchargers are 350 kilowatt capable. And so, again, are we talking 400 volts or 800 volts? Because if they're 400 volt, it would imply that you would be pulling over 800 amps through the charging cable. And of course, that would be why they were cooled cables. Yeah, remember there was that version four station in the Netherlands spotted that had an electrical rating of 1000 volts and 615 amps. That would mean the total max power output would be about 600 kilowatts. And by the way, look at the duty cycle there, 100%. That means that you can run these things 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So why are the Europeans getting these first though? There's Big Ben kids, Parliament. <laughs> I think I have an idea. Okay. It's just a theory. There are more 800 volt EVs, I think, in Europe than in the United States, or at least they're in a closer concentration. Um, now we're talking Audis, Porsches, Polestars, Hyundais. So what if Tesla is installing these versions of superchargers in Europe first to test out the 800 volt, 350 kilowatt charging speeds with cars that can accept it first before they start to get into Cybertruck or whatever? Hmm, that's interesting. What do you think? Let us know in the comments down below. And by the way, when you guys are pulling into these version four superchargers, please send us some uh, photos and videos. Because this could be critical for other car companies. If Tesla starts adopting an 800 volt charging structure, um, that would mean that, uh, you know, Tycons would be able to charge a lot faster at Tesla supercharger stations. Yeah, so if you drive an 800 volt car and you plug into one of these, please let us know your results. Okay, so while we're on the topic of FSD, I pulled this tweet or X out of Elon's X's of the week. Seven evil X's, yes. Because it's just generating a lot of controversy. Holmar's catalog said, wow, FSD beta is getting freakishly good and I'm still on 11.4.4, not 11.4.6 yet. Elon said, I tested the version 12 alpha build today. It's mind blowing. So we seem to have three camps of people. Those who think that Elon is close to cracking full self-driving soon. Those who think that he'll never do it. And a large group in the middle who'd love him to do it, but are sick and tired of hearing promises of later this year. Two weeks. Yeah, seven years ago in November of 2016, soon after we got back from our ex-country road trip in Sparky, Tesla released this. All right, this was showing off Tesla Vision and showed a Model X driving itself around Palo Alto with no human intervention. And everyone was like, yes, it's gonna be here soon. And that's because soon after, in the summer of 2017, Elon said that he expected that level five fully autonomous driving, sleeping in the car, in car, was two years away. Two weeks. And so 2019 came and went without that happening. And then? But in Q3 of 2020, Elon said that Tesla would have level five self-driving cars this year, which was uh, 2020. Two weeks. Then in Q1 of 2021, Elon said Tesla would have FSD level five autonomy by the end of 2021. Uh, two weeks. Then in Q1 of 2022, Elon said, it's looking quite likely that Tesla will solve level four full self-driving next year. That would be this year, 2023. Two weeks. Right. And the year isn't over yet. And so that's where this latest X from Elon about full self-driving version 12 being mind blowing comes in. It could be that Tesla has finally cracked it. We do know that Elon talked recently about an end to end neural net training solution different than how Tesla was solving FSD before. So it is possible that since he has the version 12 alpha build in his car, that maybe just maybe version 12 is what we've all been waiting for. Or it could be another overly optimistic timeline. 
I'm very optimistic. I think that what the cars can do now in 11.4, which is the latest version that I've experienced, is exceptional. Is it level three or four yet? No, but version 12 could be the leap forward needed to get us there. But I get it. Trust is built by keeping your promises. And when someone tells you they're going to do something repeatedly and then they don't do it, it doesn't help build trust. Okay, that is the last time you are going to pull that crap. Especially when you're charging people for software that doesn't do what it's supposed to do yet. I love what Elon and his team at Tesla are doing. and I think they've shown time and time again that they're on the right track. And I believe that they will be the ones to crack it first. It's just a question of when. But what do you think? Is this just another one of Elon's optimistic statements? Or do you think that full self-driving version 12 is going to be mind-blowing? So last Thursday, a Reuters special report came out about Tesla that claimed that about a decade ago, Tesla programmers rigged the car's range estimating software to exaggerate how far they could go without running out of battery. And then when the battery falls below 50 percent to readjust to a more realistic projection. This supposedly came from a Tesla employee who told Reuters that this idea came directly from CEO Elon Musk himself. Wow. That's quite an accusation. Quite an imagination. So who did Reuters cite as the source of this revelation? The source. I know. Who did they say the source was? This person. No, I, I know it's a person. I want to know who the person is claiming all this. That's all that Reuters said. The source and this person. They never cited a name. But Reuters said that when customers would call to arrange service for their Teslas to figure out why their range was lower than expected, Tesla set up this diversion team in Las Vegas that would tell customers that they remotely checked the car and there were no battery issues and would try to cancel the service appointment. When they were successful in doing that, they would mute the call and bang a metal xylophone and everyone would cheer because the manager said that each service call they averted saved Tesla $1,000. This story just keeps getting better. So all of this, though, goes back to one source who is unnamed. But I mean, Forbes then picked up the story immediately. And within a couple days, 23 news sites had picked it up and run with it. By run with it, you mean sent out the reporters to investigate and, and did their own reporting? No, no, no. <laughs> they didn't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. I mean, they largely cut and pasted to get eyeballs on their headlines. Engadget, LA Times, Business Insider, Jalopnik. And you may be asking, how did Zach figure out who published this first? And then how did he track down all of these other news articles that followed? As we do our research and writing on the show every week, we like to use our favorite news website, Ground News, to help us do the heavy lifting. Every day, this news comparison platform will process nearly 60,000 news articles from over 50,000 different news sources. Like this story about the Reuters special report that we were just sharing, you can see it's being covered by 23 different news sources. For each story, you get a visual breakdown of the news outlets covering it, their political bias and how factual the source is, which entity owns the source and which countries are covering the story. We like to use Ground News to follow specific topics such as Tesla. You can create your own feed on your desktop to get notifications about specific topics that you follow. Get notifications, breaking news alerts on a specific person, location, source or topic. Ground News can help you become a smarter news consumer, gain a deeper understanding of the complexity of different issues by identifying media narratives. The blind spot feed shows articles that are underreported or overreported by sources, mainly from a specific political affiliation, making it a blind spot for the opposite side. Make informed decisions, read, watch, and share the best information available. We like to use Ground News, and we think that you will too. Right now, you can subscribe for 30% off unlimited access. Just use our link before August 15th. Go to ground.news.nyk to stay fully informed. Make sure you use our link so they know that we sent you.
But going back to the special report from Reuters, I think investigative journalism is super important. And I think we all appreciate it when a journalist uncovers a story based on sources. But notice I said sources with an S at the end. The whole point of sources is to corroborate a story. Multiple people telling the same story is more likely to mean that the story is truthful. One person telling a story is, well, just hearsay. Now, this is Reuters that we're talking about. They are a news service. Other news sites pay Reuters to bring them news that they then basically copy and paste. If they're copying and pasting something that isn't true, you may think that it's true because you saw it in so many places, but it's all a copy of the original, potentially untrue story. So did Tesla do this? Maybe. What sounds more likely to me is that Tesla did in fact remotely look at data from cars that were scheduled for service because owners didn't get the range that they expected. They saw that many of them drove fast, accelerated a lot, and drove in bad weather conditions, etc. And that the reason Tesla owners would allow their service appointments to be canceled was because in fact there was nothing wrong with their cars and they just learned why the range was less than they expected. If this was some kind of big cover up by Tesla and this whole thing started 10 years ago, wouldn't you expect we'd have more than one source by now? Wouldn't we have thousands, tens of thousands of Tesla owners with pitchforks marching on Austin and Fremont and Shanghai and Berlin, all demanding refunds? Don't you see how this works, people? It's the FUD machine. Have Reuters write a story that we can't really question because they won't tell us who said it and make a claim that sounds bad. Fluff out the piece with lots of innuendo based on the original premise that Tesla did something bad and Elon knew about it. Don't report on companies doing things that are really bad, like Dieselgate and Toyota, which is squashing recalls. Those aren't electric car companies. Focus the FUD on Tesla. Slow down this EV revolution. Give Ford and GM a chance to catch up. And this whole thing makes me fucking sick. Look, I totally get it. We call the show Tesla Time News because we used to stop at Tesla Superchargers and talk to people. And a lot of the people we talked to were early Model S and X owners, and they didn't understand EVs yet. And so they would drive 90 miles an hour in the highway, and they'd be like, why didn't I get 300 miles of range? Right. And I, I mean, the only person I've ever met who drives an EV and ran out of range, we met at a Tesla supercharger in Connecticut, he drove a Model S, and it's because he never used route planning on his Tesla, and he just took whatever the car said as wrote, which is, of course, a rated mileage for a rated uh, amount of consumption. Right. He drove, he told me he drives 85 miles an hour on his way to New York, and when the car doesn't make it that far, he he's confused. Right. And look, it's completely understandable. This was all at the very beginning of EV ownership. Nobody really understood everything to do with watt hours per mile and consumption and and how actually speeding is less efficient than, than driving at 60 miles an hour. And so I think a lot of people didn't fully understand this. And of course, what are they going to do? These are early Model S owners, right? They got white glove treatment from Tesla. So they would call them up and say, there's something wrong with my car. I wasn't able to get 300 miles. And so I'm pretty sure, yeah, it makes sense that Tesla would have a team that would kind of explain to them, yeah, we checked your car. All the batteries are fine. It's not the batteries that you're driving 90 miles an hour on the highway in the rain. And look, I just want to cite our in-depth here. Tesla lies, Ford tries, Rivian dies. We talked about how each car company does it a little bit differently. Some of them underestimate what your range will be. So you'll get there and be like, look, at we got more range than I thought. Right. And that doesn't really help either. Because that's the thing. Tesla doesn't use a guessimeter. So once you start getting on the highway and driving 90, instead of uh, a lot of EVs, which just go like, oh, now you have no more range, which doesn't help you if you get off the highway and you're going to drive 30 miles an hour. Uh, Tesla just gives you a static thing. And it just says, well, this is... If you were driving at the rated consumption, this is how far you'd go. 
But it all doesn't matter to me because Tesla's route planning is so good. It'll tell you exactly how much range you're going to end up with, and it updates it as you drive. And again, I think this is how they twist the story. They go like, well, it updated halfway through the trip, and you, he had less range. And it's like, because he was driving 85 miles an hour. Well, just look at how Reuters actually did the graphics for their special report. It's not even... Uh, it's not even unbiased. You know how we're constantly saying butts and seats is the best way to sell a Tesla? Well, Tesla has now added this to their referral program. Demo test drives. So how does this work? Now, if you get someone to sign up to take a Tesla test drive and they then end up buying a Tesla, you'll get a hundred Tesla credits and they'll get $500 off a Model 3 or a Model Y and three months of full self-driving or $1,000 off a Model X or S and three months of full self-driving. Oh no, oh no, Tesla must be losing demand. Or Tesla is being super smart. Yeah. Use your existing owners to help you cheaply find new customers. And who better than a Tesla owner? Someone who can answer all your questions. Are Teslas made in Italy? <laughs> so, I mean, I think that the incentive for the potential new Tesla customer is pretty good. I mean, 500 or $1,000. Um, but what does 100 Tesla credits get you? Uh, nothing. At the moment, you can't spend 100 Tesla credits on anything. Uh, you can spend 1,500 credits to get you 500 supercharger miles. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get the Tesla sipping glasses for 1,400 credits. So I'd have to refer 14 people? Well, the Cybertruck raffle is only 500 credits. So five people for the chance to win a Cybertruck. This is where I think Tesla uh, gets this wrong. They've done it many times before too. They should have t-shirts and jackets and luggage and wheels and all sorts of things to spend your credits on because then it'd be fun to shop and be like, ooh, I'll try and get my friend Fred to sign up for a Tesla so that I can get these wheels I've always wanted. Instead, it's like I have to get 15 people at work to go for a test drive before I can get 500 supercharger miles. Like yeah. you've, you've got your math wrong there, Tesla. I, yeah, I mean, like I know it's. I know this is kind of stupid, but, you know, when you go to the arcade and you've played all the games and you got all the tickets and you put it in the machine and it eats all the things. Then you go to the front. You've got, you know, 300 tickets. Um, it's kind of nice that you can get, you know, oh, I want to get the mustache comb. And that's, you know, 100 tickets. Um, but then you have to have the Jolly Ranchers at the at the bottom end right. to kind of round you out um and the little pieces of crappy plastic like i'm not saying tesla has to go that far down but like how about a keychain for like 95 credits and that way you're like yeah. i still have five credits i should keep playing right plus if you sell a t-shirt that's more advertising for the company so, right and and have I, you know an exclusive tesla shirt that they have you yeah. know like i you know i'm a tesla referrer or, exactly. or just a cool shirt right hey and if you like what we're doing here on the show please hit the like button it really helps us out so uh, this was spotted the other day. Uh, what's the big deal? That's a Ford F-150 Lightning. Um, no, it's not. Look closer. Look even closer. Wait, that's a Cybertruck. That's a Cybertruck. But it's not. It's a Ford. No, it's a, it's a Cybertruck, but it's been wrapped to look like a Ford. Okay, hang on. Tesla obviously owns this truck, so it's not like some fan wrapped it himself. So why would it be wrapped like a Ford F-150? I, I, I don't know. I mean, would this be to show that it's roughly the same size as the Ford F-150 and this is like a marketing thing? I mean, Elon did say that it'll fit in a 20-foot garage, but that it'll have a longer bed than any truck of its size. The Ford F-150 Lightning is 19.3 feet. The Rivian R1T is over a foot shorter, 18.1 feet. So why didn't Tesla cover this with a sheet? Like, so no one would see what's going on. They must have known that someone was going to take a picture of it. Yeah, I, I don't get this because, yeah, it has to be Tesla's Cybertruck. OK, the only thing that I can think of is that this wasn't Tesla. 
Like maybe it was one of Elon's friends that he let borrow the truck and then they wrapped it as like a prank and they're going to send I, it back. I highly doubt that Elon let one of his friends borrow the Cybertruck at this point. But what do you guys think? I mean, this was filmed in Livermore, California, which is only a few miles down the road from Fremont. But what's cool is it looks like we get to see even more of the truck here. Mm. And so that's it without the front liner. OK, so I mean, my theory is that they are going to have like a marketing thing where they show how big the Cybertruck is because it's hard to compare, you know, so mm -hmm. they're going to show it with this and then they're going to show a regular Ford F-150 and they're going to show that like the front end gets smaller and you get more cab and you get what? more bed. Why don't you just show a two car garage? One side has a Ford F-150 in it and one has the Cybertruck in it. I don't know. I don't get it. Please. Yeah. Let us know what you think is this is all about. So this is a common situation. You have a 220 volt outlet in your garage, maybe for your clothes dryer. But now that you have an EV, you'd like to be able to use it for EV charging as well. And must you really unplug your dryer every time you want to charge? And then unplug your EV charger every time you want to dry. First world problem. <laughs> but seriously, we've experienced this firsthand. We had a situation in our workshop where we had to physically unplug our bandsaw or table saw every time we wanted to charge, and it's a real pain. So this Electron NEMA socket splitter could be the perfect solution, and we just reviewed it on our Now Let's Review channel. Head over there and check it out. We'll put the link in the show notes below. And while you're there, you can check out our dozens of other helpful reviews on products from e-bikes and scooters to e-long boards, EV chargers, EV adapters, outlet splitters, bike pumps, composters, and more. So Ford has just unveiled their new police variant of the Ford F-150 Lightning, the Pro SSV. Oh, really? What are the specs? It's got a cop motor, a 440 cubic inch plant. It's got cop tires, cop suspension, cop shocks. Well, in terms of speed and payload, it doesn't differ that much from the regular F-150 Lightning, aside from all the cop equipment. And they was using up all kinds of cop equipment that they had hanging around the police officer's station. You get the reduced bolsters on the seats for easier entry of holstered officers. You get lights, of course, built-in intrusion plates in the front seat backs and easy-to-clean vinyl rear seats and floor. I think it's funny how the bull bars completely get in the way of the emergency equipment stored in the front. <laughs> One of the things I found weird was that the press release was completely devoid of any information about range. You think all that cop equipment might have reduced the range a bit and they don't want to tell us? I think it might have, which would mean less than 300 miles for the upper end with the extended battery and probably less than 200 miles for the smaller battery. Well, hey, I'm happy to see more EVs out there. In fact, just up in Claremont, New Hampshire, the first SSV has been sold to the police department. Bada bing, Wait a bada second. Boom. Is that Vinnie Bamboozling? Well, since we're talking about Ford, let's look at their Q2 earnings that were released last Thursday. Yeah, they said, quote, EV adoption will be a little slower than expected. Such a grandiose statement, don't you think? <laughs> it's not our fault. It's just that people aren't really into buying EVs yet. Um, which I don't know if it's true. Um, so what did Ford do? Well, as expected, they pushed back their 600,000 EV run rate goal until next year. We told you. No way. We told you they would do that. They, what? What? Yeah. Who would have thunk they would have done that? It's playbook material here. Wow. And now they still have this great, hey, 600,000 EVs. <laughs> what do you think? Next year. Yes, it's going to be next year, <laughs> but nobody's going to remember that. So Ford lost $2.1 billion last year in their E division, their Model E unit. Now Ford says that they expect to lose around $4.5 billion this year in their Model E unit. What 
that. Look, it's not all bad. Remember how Ford had an EBIT margin of minus 102% in Q1 of this year? Yeah. Well, they got that way up. Oh, that's good. So like four or 5% margins now back to normal. Um, well, it's it's more like minus 58.9%. Minus 58.9%? Wait, so instead of Ford losing an entire F-150's worth of money every time they sell one, um, now you just you know cut an F-150 roughly in half and burn that. So for every two F-150 Lightnings that they sell, they get the two owners together and they take another F-150 Lightning and they give the, the two owners baseball bats and, and a couple of sticks of dynamite and they say, just have at it. That would actually be more a fun way to lose the money. <laughs> but of course, like every CEO with a failing balance sheet, you got to spin it, right? So Ford CEO Jim Farley spun this bad news by saying the near term pace of EV adoption will be a little slower than expected, which is going to benefit early movers like Ford. And the shift to powerful digital experiences and breakthrough EVs is underway and going to be volatile. So being able to guide customers through and adapt to the pace of adoption are big advantages for us. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just I want to go back to the first part of the quote. Mm -hmm. He's saying that because EV adoption is slower than expected, which is not true. That is that is a false. No, he's wrong. That's not true. It's it's faster than anyone. Well, except us expected. He's saying that it's going to, quote, benefit early movers like Ford. Ford is the early mover. OK, well, Ford did design the Ford quadricycle two seater back in 1896, but they never produced it. True. OK. Uh, but yeah, but back in 1914, they worked on a low cost electric car and they never produced that one either as if it would matter. Um, OK, well, uh, remember in 1998, they came out with the Ford Ranger EV pickup truck. Funny. I don't remember seeing that on any of the roads. Well, they only made about 1500 of them and they were only leased to fleets because they had really tiny batteries, 22 kilowatt hours. So they could pretty much only be used on campuses. So that's probably why I haven't seen one on roads. Seems like that would actually be a useful pickup trunk today. If they came out with the, the Ford Ranger Campus EV. Campus EV. I honestly think so. Okay, but in other words, you're saying that Ford has never been an early mover in EVs. Uh, Well, but Ford did come out with the Mustang Mach-E in 2020. Eight years after Tesla came out with the Model S. But hey. According to Ford's Q2 earnings report, they are now offering Mach-E's with LFP batteries made in North America and expecting to offer them in the Lightning next year, which should help lower their costs. And and Ford says they expect to have an adjusted EBIT of between 11 and 12 billion dollars this year. Yeah, across all their divisions. When it comes to EVs, they're still hemorrhaging money. Well, I think Ford would rather call it a slight temporary monetary discharge. <laughs> that sounds worse. <laughs> Next up is VW's H1 results. H1, H1. That's the first half of 2023? Correct. They did a bit better than Ford, showing a 48% increase in EV deliveries year over year, with roughly 322,000 EVs delivered in the first six months of the year. That is a bit better than Ford. But I mean, keep in mind that Volkswagen owns a bunch of brands, including Audi, Skoda, Cupra, Porsche, and more. EVs made up 7.4% of VW's total deliveries in the first half of the year, compared with 5.6% in the first half of last year. 
Now, wasn't Volkswagen having some trouble in China? Yeah, VW generates about 40% of its revenue from China, and they've struggled with their low-cost domestic EVs in that market. So VW fell behind China's BYD in passenger car sales in the first half of the year for the first time. But VW did see 18% year-over-year growth in China overall. Interestingly, Volkswagen invested $700 million for about a 5% stake in Xpeng Motors, and Volkswagen plans to launch two models through the strategic... What's so special? about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Partnership in early 2026. Yeah, it looks like VW is hoping to leverage Xpeng's tech platform, connectivity, and their ADAS software. So I just want to get this straight. Volkswagen is investing into Xpeng for their tech which copied tesla for their software right so this is a copy of a copy that they're hoping to get right um well also audi is teaming up with china's saic motors to develop new evs for the chinese market so this is going to be in a chinese made saic car that they slap an audi logo on and say pay us more money for it because we put a european logo on it Well, so VW is guiding for a higher proportion of its sales to come from EVs in the second half of this year, saying that 8 to 10% of its sales should come from EVs this year. I think that's kind of amazing if you think back just a couple years ago. But Volkswagen is lowering its sales guidance by about 500,000 units for the year, saying that while semiconductor shortages are getting better, transportation and logistics delays are getting worse. As you can see from this chart, VW passenger car sales in red have still not returned to pre-pandemic levels. That's um, purple for Audi and green for Porsche. In terms of margins, Volkswagen and its sub-brands of Seat, Skoda, and Cupra had a 5.5% operating margin in the first half of the year, while their luxury brands of Audi, Lamborghini, Bentley, and Ducati had a 10% operating margin. Volkswagen also said they sold their Russian operations for $125 million. But what I really want to know is what are Volkswagen's EV margins? Well, that's a good point um, because the margins we just talked about was for all their cars. VW hasn't publicly released that data, but VW CFO Arno Antles has said that the company expects to achieve margin parity between its EVs and its ICE vehicles by 2025. And again, this is one of these areas, they don't want to show you that number because it would look a lot like Ford, which did show you that number. It's negative. And so while all these people are picking on Tesla, you only got 9.6% margins. (laughs) Um, That's making an electric car. These guys can't make money yet on an electric car. And so... Tesla already has margin parity. They have margin parity basically within the likes of Audi, Lamborghini, Bentley, right. and Ducati. Right. While selling Model 3s and Models. While selling electric vehicles, which right. the same uh, slew of companies, uh, Look, it's all Volkswagen. I can shorten this whole story for yeah. you. Okay. I, I just do this to save you time. VW, Ford, all these big companies are going to fail. Okay. That's the simple answer. There's no way they're going to make it because years and years go by and they keep pushing off numbers. Oh, we'll have better sales next year. It's not happening for them. Their margins suck. Not only suck, they're losing money. You can't keep running a lemonade stand if you keep losing money on the lemonade. That's what's going to happen to these companies. Mark my words. 
Jake Hughes has set the record for the fastest speed achieved by a vehicle indoors as recorded by Guinness World Record. This 218 kilometers an hour or 135.9 mile per hour record was set in an electric Formula E car at XL London, which currently has a Formula E track built inside. Uh, with the run up of a tight turn and just 929 feet, Hughes was able to get the car to accelerate up to 135.9 miles an hour and come to a safe stop at the end. Okay, but a Formula E car doesn't have the same power as, say, like the Model S Plaid. So wouldn't the Plaid have been able to beat this record? So the Model S Plaid has about 760 kilowatts of power, and the Formula E car usually only has 350 kilowatts. Um, this one actually had the front motor turned on. Usually it's just used for regen braking. Hmm. Uh, racing is weird. Um, so it had 400 kilowatts, but it also has slightly larger tires, better aerodynamics, and weighs 3,000 pounds less than a Plaid. Oh, uh, okay. So I think that the Plaid probably could have got going faster in the same stretch, I'm just not sure it could have stopped in the same time at the other end. So with that being said, though, Giga Texas is over three times longer than the entire XL Center. So I bet Tesla could beat this record if they wanted to. Mm. I mean, think about it. They could set up a track inside. They don't and even just need be... a track. They just need a straightaway. That's all they need. <laughs> Everyone step to the right. Oh, here we go. Well, and I mean, the XL Center, they only have this straightaway. Right. If they had the whole thing with the, with the you know, straightaway, they could have... Could have been a little bit faster. That's interesting. And if you didn't want to keep the car, I mean, does the record say that you have to keep the car intact at the end of the run? I don't know. <laughs> and also, this is going to book world records. So it's basically, well, whoever pays us will test. Right. But it's $100,000 or whatever. So Lucid tweeted or X'd out this photo on Thursday, claiming that the Lucid Air Sapphire, which is a $250,000 car, will be available soon. Wow quarter of a million dollars. I mean, for a car that ripped off Pokemon in the naming, huh? According to Lucid, the Sapphire will beat a plaid in a drag race, though, so it's worth the money. Well, it costs more than double. It has larger wheels, a larger battery pack, slightly more power, and weighs more than the plaid. Um, also, I just have to push back. The only Sapphire that we've seen do a quarter mile got a 9.1 on an untreated road surface. Uh, and by the way, we have seen Model S plaids that have been recorded doing at 8.73 seconds at a drag strip. So do with that what you will. But what do you think? I think that we have finally gotten to my stop. This is where I get off. We are finally at the part where nobody really knows. We're down to whether or not the track is extra gummy or whether or not you preheated the tires or the battery. Was the car at 100% state of charge? Blah, 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 blah. I don't care anymore. Give me my mid-range Model 3 with the 0 to 60 of 4 point something. I am a happy boy. What about the Tesla Roadster? Well, I mean, look, if... The Roadster comes out and you can get it with the SpaceX package. Which we are going to. That's going to be something new altogether. Yeah. I mean, that's like climbing Mount Everest with a 16-foot ladder. And uh, I'm here for that. Look, I just, I mean, I was in the Roadster 2.0. I went 1.9 seconds. It was freaking insane. Like, I, there's no words for it. One. Holy crap. Whoa. I think it's just amazing. I'm not saying that that's what I'm just going to do every day in the car, although that would be kind of fun. Like, wake up, have your coffee, and then go for a quick spin. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the interesting part, right? Lucid has gotten their car to 
roadster levels, let's call it. This is what sure. Tesla claimed. Uh, of course, Tesla has also gotten to roadster levels with right. the Plaid. Right. It's basically doing in the realm of that. And again, it's we're down to like, well, did it have the one foot rollout? Oh, but did it this? Oh, did it that? Mm-hmm. And here's where we're in car guy heaven. Right. Okay. And this is not my heaven. Yeah, I but, don't, I don't live in car guy heaven. But that's what these cars are for. They're for car guys who have a lot of money. And I think that the interesting thing to me is that Tesla got through this period where people cared, right? And now we're at the point where it's in car guy heaven, right? And it's just like, I can talk about this stuff all day long and none of us will be right. It's great. Um, and, and so th- we've achieved, we're in the car magazine stuff. Yep. I think that Tesla got all this benefit through the, wait a minute, that SUV is right. faster than my friend's Porsche. Right. That's all anyone cares about. Most of these cars, I mean, all of these cars, all of these electric vehicles that we're talking about are faster than Basically everything else on the road that has a gas engine. You, you have to get to the Bugatti levels before we're even going to get close in like a drag race where everything went well. Right. Which if you know anything about drag races, doesn't always happen because the gas cars, they're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. The launch control didn't work the way that I wanted it to on that run. So we're going to have to redo it because it's not fair. Right. We're just going to have to worry about whether our cold air thrusters are ready for launch. <laughs> Hey, and if you want to share one of these clips with your friends, but you don't want to share the whole long episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel, separate YouTube channel, where we chop these into little bite-sized clips. Also, head on over to Twitter, X, at NYK channel. We'll put the link down below. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. I'm not the only person in the world who loves their Henson shaver. I've heard of so many people who really like using it. I love using it. I used it this morning. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, hundreds of you have gotten it and told us that you love it. So that's really great to hear. Big props to Henson. They've been offering this awesome deal to our viewers. If you use our code now, you know, you will get 100 free blades uh, when you check out. Just make sure to put the blades in the cart. So it appears that seven big auto companies have united to build a charging network. Woohoo! That's exciting. What's it called? We Charge North America. No, I mean, what's it called? Fast, reliable, sustainable? Right, but I thought it's called, what's what's the name of the group called? They haven't said that this is all they've shown us so far. We Charge North America. Do you think that's what it's called? No. I, I don't it's think it's gonna be called something stupid. I don't know. I mean, look, seven companies agreeing on anything. They said they want thirty thousand fast charger plugs by twenty thirty across North America, and they say that each station will have ten to twenty plugs. So we did a little math there. That would mean fifteen hundred to three thousand locations in urban areas and along highways. So, kind of like a supercharger network. Yeah, they like, want a supercharger network. It's gonna take seven companies to do it, though, <laughs> and seven years. <laughs> So when are we going to start to see the first chargers? What, what, what are we going to call this? The We Charge North America? The Wenka? The Wenka? Wenka stations? Wickna. Uh, they say the first Wickna station should be coming next summer. So not this summer. It's going to take them a whole year to get their first station open. Because it, it takes a long time. Because right, we didn't know that we'd have to be I doing this. Uh, also, we're going to have to pick what color it is and what the logo is. Right. So this is interesting that this news would come out, but they haven't even come up with a name yet. So what, what are the companies that we're talking about here? So this would be General Motors, BMW, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Mercedes, and Stellantis. And if they actually pull this off, it would double the number of quick charging plugs in the U.S in Canada. So do you really think that they're going to do this or is this just going to be a flop? I think what this is, is in response to NACs. I think the word came out about NACs and they were surprised that everyone would be like, 
oh, so you think Tesla's done it? And they're like, no, 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 we're, no, no, uh, we're, we're going to do it ourselves. Uh, no, of course. This was just a little side deal we did. Uh, we're going to we're going to form this group. Uh, so we're going to have a committee to name the group. Uh, look, first of all, look, even just the names of the companies along the bottom of that. Uh-huh. I don't know how they agreed to that because like GM got a little tiny GM. <laughs> Hyundai got their logo and their name bigger. And so, Kia, right. which is just Hyundai. So I'll bet you right now as we're speaking, there's phone calls going back and like, forth. Wait a minute. Did you, you see that? You supposed to, GM is supposed to be bigger on the right hand corner. Uh, yeah. Look, this is building a company by committee. And why are they doing this? It's a money grab. It's all just a money grab. There's lots of federal money. They're missing out on it. And so they got together and they said, let's hire a consultant and we'll form a company and we'll make chargers and we'll get money from the government. I don't even think that this is going to do any of that. I think that all they want to do is just cast a little bit of doubt into Tesla, right? They just like, well, wait a minute, don't get don't buy your Cybertruck because we're going to have chargers. No, this is, I, no, I this think, is buying credibility for no cost, which I, they can do because they're these big companies. I, and so they say, well, we're going to do this. Just I, like don't, they, I don't agree. I think this is to get federal money. They're, they want to get some of this money because they're losing so much money. It's all about, look, let's all, they wouldn't have banded together unless they were so f- desperate. Okay. They got together and they said, we're missing out. Like Tesla's building all these chargers and we just realized that we're losing out. They're like, wait a minute. If people are going to have electric cars, they're not going to go to gas stations. Right. They're going to have to go to some kind of electrical station. There's the guy in the back, okay, of each of these companies going, I told you this years ago. (laughs) Oh, what did you say there, Bob? Hang on. I've been telling you that. (laughs) All right, it's time for going green. So the bolt is back, baby. What are you talking about? Didn't you hear? GM CEO Mary Barra announced that Chevy would be re-releasing the Chevy Bolt, but this time it's getting an Ultium makeover. So is this their plan all along, or do you think that this was because they made a major mistake? I don't know. I mean, let us know what you think down in the comments, but I think this was a major mistake. I think they canceled the Bolt because it was getting a bad reputation due to the battery fires, and they thought they'd move on, but I don't think they realized how popular the Bolt had become, and I think they got a lot of backlash when they canceled it. So I think an easy fix for them was to use their new Ultium platform, stick a Chevy Equinox body on the top, and they're going to call it a Bolt. Like, I think this is basically just a, um, okay, just take the Equinox and make it look more like that crappy Bolt we used to make. I mean, I think that it this is going to have the same result, but I think they got to this in a completely different way. I think that they they knew that the Bolt was kind of a flop. They were like, oh, well, this has a bad reputation. We need to do something about it. So they so what they think they did was they canceled the Bolt. And, you know, most people are just like, oh, OK, whatever. But the people I think who really like the Bolt are going to go like, no, the Bolt. And everyone else is going to go like, oh, oh, I guess people like the Bolt. We should report on this, that people miss the Bolt. And then once we've had that primed, then when GM comes back and says, guess what, guys, we are going to make the Bolt. Two months later, we're going to say we are going to do it. And then everyone in the news goes like, well, I guess this is good for all those people that were complaining and writing into us. We should report on this really big time. I just think this shows the lack of leadership. I think this shows misstep after misstep at these companies. And then it's the shareholders or some, you know, directors who go, what the hell are you doing? You had this is your best selling EV last quarter for many quarters and you're getting rid of it. Like it already you built a fairly good reputation other than the battery fires. Um, And yeah, they could have just said, don't worry about battery fires anymore. We switched to the new Ultium platform, but they didn't. They, They canceled it. They're a bunch of morons. You know that. You know that. All right, it's time for Sunspots.
I know, I know, you'd rather see one of these than one of these. What's that? It looks like a maximum security prison for a Marvel villain. <laughs> that is the first U.S. built offshore substation, which is now being installed in New York's South Fork Wind Farm, which is the first utility scale offshore wind farm in U.S. federal waters. Substation? Yeah, so that's a 1,500-ton, 60-foot-tall offshore substation. It was designed and engineered in Kansas, built in Corpus Christi, Texas, then sailed from Texas to New York in May. Offshore substations take all the power generated by the wind turbines and then transmit that power to shore. Interesting. I mean, I kind of assumed that this would be built onshore, but I, I guess that it makes sense. You have to kind of transform the power into the right voltage and amperage near the source. Um, so... How much power is the South Fork Wind Farm going to be producing? So there's five pieces, but this piece um, will be 132 megawatts with 12 turbines, and it'll generate enough electricity to power 70,000 New York homes. It's located about 35 miles east of Montauk Point, and it's expected to come online at the end of this year. Uh-oh. People in Montauk are going to be so mad. Well, it's 35 miles offshore from there. I don't think they can see it. Because the earth is round. Is it? It's round. I, and I so thought it was you flat. Can't actually, unless you're really tall, then you can't see. Then why didn't Columbus? Uh, there are four more projects as part of this development that will be coming online that will total more than 4.3 gigawatts of power. It'll end up powering 2.4 million New York homes. And it's expected to bring a combined economic impact of $12.1 billion to the state of New York. And I mean, what's really cool when we talk about economic impact is that I think a lot of people think, well, it's offshore, so there's no people involved. It's just fish or something. No, there's, there's people like this substation took 350 people to design, engineer, build and ship it and install it. <laughs> Bunch of fish with hard hats. Like, <laughs> OK, Bob. <laughs> hey, and if you'd like to become your own small energy provider, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They are the solar and battery experts that can help you go solar for less. They know all the answers to all of your questions. There's no dumb questions. Reach out to them at the link down below. They'll help you out. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And remember, we need your stories. That's what makes the show great. Shoot them in landscape, two minutes or less, with good audio, no music, and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Morgan sent us this story about a Tesla Mega Pack he spotted in Australia. G'day, Zach and Jesse. And everybody, it's Morgan here coming to you from New South Wales, Australia. I'm actually an electrical supervisor on a um, solar farm down the road here. And after work, I was coming home, took a wrong turn, and came across this. It's uh, Tesla Power Packs right there. So not very far from where we're building our solar farm. We're actively transitioning our grid here in Australia from coal to renewable energy. And uh, this is all part of it. Now you know. That's awesome. He took a wrong turn and he found some mega packs. <laughs> That's what being in Australia is like. You take a wrong turn, you're going to find some Tesla mega packs. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Remember, you can support us on the show for as little as a buck a month. You get all of our Patreon bonus stories, which you're not seeing here. You have to go there. All right, we are back from our bonus stories. It's time for our Patreon poll. That's another perk that you can do if you join our Patreon. What was the question this week? I copied Bloomberg's survey. Oh, the one we covered earlier in the show? Yeah, and I wanted to see what our viewers thought. I mean, obviously, none of them are going to really want to sell their Teslas, but you know, what's kind of the worst thing about Tesla for them? Hmm. Um, and here's what they said. So you can see a lot of 
other, which is not <laughs> not terribly helpful. It's probably, I'm guessing that's the full self-driving thing, right. which at the moment is prevalent on everyone's mind. Interesting, but the data doesn't really line up. So it could point to your theory that Bloomberg kind of uh, no, skewed it's, it's the a data. It's a different population. So I understand okay. the results would be different. Right. A little statistical analysis for you. All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week. John Ehrlichman said companies that changed their names. And look, I forgot that Amazon used to be Kadabra. Best Buy used to be called Sound of Music. How did they get away with that? I don't know. And Elon said Twitter was acquired by X Corp both to ensure freedom of speech and as an accelerant for X, the everything app. This is not simply a company renaming itself, but doing the same thing. The Twitter name made sense when it was just 140 character messages going back and forth like birds tweeting. But now you can post almost anything, including several hours of video. In the months to come, we will add comprehensive communications and the ability to conduct your entire financial world. The Twitter name does not make sense in that context, so we must bid adieu to the bird so this is what you've been saying you've been saying you've been saying i'm sorry a lot of people have been like jack shut up <laughs> you don't know what the hell you're talking about elon's uh, been saying you've it. been saying i've well, just been saying what elon's been but saying no one's been listening no. that x is going to become a everything financial app. platform everything as app. well to, yes but with with money it's like when amazon was a bookstore and everyone said so it's just a bookstore <laughs> Elon retweeted Starlink's tweet that it's now available in Malaysia, making it the 60th country around the world. Farzad said half of America wants a Tesla. Seriously. Elon said affordability is the limiting factor. Michael Seifert said if Twitter X was really a zombie, the media wouldn't feel the need to spend every day writing about it. Elon said bullseye. Elon retweeted SpaceX's tweet that propellant load tests recently completed for the Starship Super Heavy Boosters 9 and 10. New York Post tweeted, I'm an AI influencer. Followers crave my sexy snaps, but I don't exist. Elon said, going to be a lot of this. Hassan said, and who those experts are. Twitter has changed to X, wiped out between 4 billion and 20 billion in brand value, experts say. Elon said, X will become the most valuable brand on Earth. Mark my words. Hmm. Nate says, why stop at Earth? Elon says, Mars might have a bigger brand. Eric Berger says, more bad news for Boeing and Starliner. And this is about how Boeing has now lost a $1.1 billion contract. Elon said, SpaceX provided its knowledge of crewed parachute systems to Boeing, and we are happy to be helpful in any other ways. Designing parachutes for orbital crewed spacecraft is much harder than it may seem, was a major challenge for SpaceX. Oh, he's being so nice. Competitors helping he's out He's just each so other. nice about it. X News Daily said, news, a spokesperson for the San Francisco Department of Building Inspection said no permit was required to remove letters or symbols from the Twitter sign. However, any new sign would require a permit to ensure consistency with the historic nature of the building. Elon said that seems fair. Alex says the Washington Post is on a pace to lose 100 million in 2023. They're also identical to the New York Times, Huffington Post, Variety, The Atlantic, etc, etc. They run the same stories and bash the same people at the same time. If you got one, you got them all. Elon said exactly. Seth Dillon says, why do we have minimum age requirements to serve in government, but no upper age limits? I'm not sure where the cutoff should be, but it seems clear 80 is too old. Elon said, maybe also some kind of basic test, like what's your job and what year is it? Elon said, it's such an honor to be able to work with and meet so many amazing people. Chairman said, the highest positions of our government on both sides of the aisle are held by people who genuinely belong in a nursing home. How are we allowing this to happen? Elon said, we need a constitutional amendment. This is insane. And that was Mitch McConnell having a, um, well, it probably was a stroke. It's really sad to see. Kenakoa the Great says, with nearly 25% of Congress over the age of 70, should there be age limits or cognitive tests? Elon said a basic cognitive test should be required for passing legislation that affects 330 million people or making world changing executive decisions. And that's, by the way, the percentage of Congress over the age of 70 over time. Interesting. Hmm. Also, it's kind of 
uh, Tesla share value as well. <laughs> Doge designer tweeted out this little meme and Elon said, the goal of my companies is simply to be as useful as possible, never to kill the competition. Competing to serve the people is a good thing. Unusual Whale says men age 15 to 24 are gaming at the highest amount ever per Bloomberg. Elon says some games are better than sex, to be honest. Oh. Alex tweeted Tesla at number one in the U.S. scale study about brand satisfaction. And I think Elon laughed because how bad some of the other companies did. No, it's not because of 69 percent. Oh, sorry. Yes. Tolu O'Reilly, his former wife, said uh, very happy to share that after two years of dating, Thomas Brody, Sangster and I are engaged. Elon said congratulations. Doge designer said in 2008, Robert Downey Jr. came to Elon Musk for help in getting into character as Tony Stark for Iron Man. Elon said true. Mike Solana says San Francisco socialists have waged a malicious fear campaign to end the city's experiment with self-driving cars. And every lie they tell is parroted by the press and local government. A summary and comprehensive takedown of their incredible for private wires. Elon said true. World of Engineering says, what is the funniest Wi-Fi name you've ever seen? And Elon said stinky. Adam says, committing to an insane deadline in order to psyop myself into insane levels of productivity. And Elon agreed with that. That's kind of why he says two weeks. Sam Altman said, the speed of light is such an annoying thing. So fast and yet so slow. Holmar's catalog said, legacy automakers, unions, legacy journalists, and the oil industry are all desperately huddling together, trying to figure out what they can fling to stop the tsunami of technological transformation coming for their industries. Elon replied, so much tech transformation coming. Elon said, I think we should have a PSYOP of the year contest. And Elon said, Senator Rand Paul is right that we need to stop impeaching and indicting presidents unless our republic would otherwise be endangered, which is not the case at this moment. Ash Martian says, how can X foster a rise in global empathy? Elon said, good question. Humor certainly helps. And then he retweeted this, the full pressure test of Starship's flame deflector. Check this video out. It's incredible. This new water deluge system to protect against the immense heat and force of Starship launch. You remember last time on the test, it just kind of destroyed the whole launch pad. Now with all this water, it should help. And then congrats to the SpaceX team on the 250th successful mission overall. Richard said, Elizabeth Warren and Lindsey Graham call for a new agency to regulate the Internet. They see the Nuclear Regulatory Commission as a model because it took on nuclear power, i.e. shut it down. Anyone who cares about progress needs to work and stop this. Elon said, time for Lindsey Graham to retire. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said, Elon talking to an Elon impersonator on Spaces is the best thing you'll hear all week. Dude, my mind's literally melting out from my ears right now. That's great. Like my heart rate is up at maximum level, even even though that's not reflect like it. it yeah, I'm, I'm there, dude. Are you going to break the internet and give me a follow back, please, sir? Um, who are you, Adrian? <laughs> dude, this this guy just joined the space and he sounded exactly Adrian, like you. Like no way. Borovic says, Adrian isn't really an impersonator. He's just a guy who sounds exactly like him. I've been on a lot of spaces with him over the past few months. Elon said, how do we know who this is a real person? And that was hilarious. You, you owe it to yourself to listen to a few minutes of that. <laughs> Shibatoshi Nakamoto says, say what you will about Elon, but one thing is absolutely unequivocally undeniable. He really, truly loves this app. Elon said, it's true. Elon then said, it is hard to move the needle with physics these days. We need order of magnitude plus more powerful, sensitive hadron colliders for small stuff and space telescopes for big stuff. Civilization alternates between being science limited, rare, and engineering limited, frequent. Hmm. Rune says, I fully believe there are people much smarter and braver than 
Bohr, Einstein, Oppenheimer, etc. alive today. Elon said people should read Feynman's books. Yeah, Richard Feynman was amazing. San Francisco Chronicle says just in, the San Francisco District Attorney's Office said Friday that two suspects arrested for allegedly stealing a car and driving it over a set of steps in the Castro District last weekend would not face charges. Shibatoshi says, does the DA just play Candy Crush all day or something? And Elon said, WTF Clown Circus. And this is what the new Twitter building looks like. Jack Altman said, did anyone else just have like an insane week? Elon said, slow week, to be honest. Wolf says, X bases will be a major factor in the next election. Elon said, major. That That is true. Eva says, you can only truly be free when you fear God more than you fear man. Elon said, if someone only does good out of fear of divine retribution, then they are not good. Then he retweeted Starlink's tweet about Starlink in Somerset Island supporting high Arctic flight operations. Hmm. That's the only way they could get that flight off, by the way, was to get that uh, Internet going there. Uh, Elon says many have offered rich incentives for X, FKA Twitter, to move its headquarters out of San Francisco. Moreover, the city is in a doom spiral with one company after another left or leaving. Therefore, they expect X will move too. We will not. You only know who your real friends are when the chips are down. San Francisco, beautiful San Francisco, though others forsake you, we will always be your friend. And look at how beautiful that building is with the X on top now. Hmm. And there you have it, folks. X's of the week. It's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. Remember, share your stories and your photos and your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Let's see what we got this week. Jason spotted this wrapped Ford Mach-E in Fort Lauderdale. JD found this original Tesla Roadster, production number 35 in Maryland. Laura sent us this picture of her 2021 Model 3 parked outside of the new Tesla showroom location in Westbury, New York. Jeff sent us this picture of the new Modesto Energy Storage Project under construction. Thank you, Jeff. No, he spotted this Neo ET7 in Los Gatos, California. Lee sent us this picture of their Model 3 Standard Range Plus. Nice. Nigel sent us this decked out Model 3 he spotted in Switzerland. What's in the <laughs> front of that car? Is that a cold air thruster? What I is don't it? know what that is. Igor sent us this picture of his Starlink that he is using to work remotely in the Colorado mountains. That's awesome. Dan spotted this Lucid Air in Sunnyvale, California. Chris sent us this Model Y he saw driving around Western Sydney, Australia. Joel saw this Ford Mach-E with Rejoice plates outside the Capitol. Joel was also happy to see the Central Park Conservancy have a whole fleet of EVs charging, including a Pacifica, Ford Transit, a leaf and a bolt that was in new york dimitri spotted this model y being used as a taxi in athens greece christopher spotted this range rover with a starlink dish attached to the roof (laughs) nice that's cool and scott spotted this chevy silverado charging at an electrify america station in michigan wow that's going to be coming out soon hopefully we're going to get one it's funny how that looks a lot more like the honda ridgeline Mm. than the cybertruck does and everyone was saying like Don't make it look like the Honda Ridgeline. All right, it's time for our EV tips of the week, and we need your tips. Send those in as well. All right, so our patron, Branislav, says don't buy the Nissan Leaf in Europe. He says, don't get me wrong, the car is fine, but here, Central Europe, Austria, and Slovakia, the Chidemo chargers are disappearing, literally being ripped out and being replaced by CCS-only chargers. There is no adapter between CCS and Chidemo, and I'm forced to sell my Leaf and buy another EV, as I cannot even safely visit Grandma's house now. Next EV will be the MG5 feature it has, which I will use to add my solar system to partially power the house. Hmm. That's really good to know. I mean, it is sad. But I think Nissan just went with the wrong standard and didn't stay up to date. Why didn't they add CCS to I it? I think he's just lucky that he had a decent uh, Chatamo like network. Mm. I, I've only charged my leaf on Chatamo maybe like eight times. And every time it was like. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at least you can still, what, 50 kilowatt charge? Yeah. 
Yeah. But I don't even know if I can still do that. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world. Hey, Zach and Jesse, Boff here. We're traveling from California all the way to Texas, and we're hitting every Supercharger along the way. Right now, we are at the Flatonia Supercharger. It's a eight-stall Supercharger here and rated for 150 kilowatts. I absolutely love this Supercharger already, and you could probably take a guess why. It's because it is very tow friendly. There's tons of space to maneuver, and they even have this spot to just pull in if you're hauling something. Unfortunately, only one spot, but that's more than I've seen in 99.9% .9 of this trip, so I love it. It's connected to this Valero here, and there are plenty of other options for food and restrooms and, and whatnot in the nearby area. But for here, you have the Valero, the Amigos, and a Sonic apparently within all within walking distance here. Uh, yeah, so I absolutely love it. And uh, I will say for both Teslas that are uh, towing and not towing, I'd give this a 10 out of 10. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. It's David here at the uh, Medicine Hat Alberta Supercharger. It's a six stall supercharger there in the background, uh, just off the Trans Canada Highway 1. We have here for amenities a Starbucks, a Mucho Burrito, a Subway in Edo, Japan. There's a Canadian Tire, big um, hardware store kind of. Uh, there's a Dollar Tree, PetSmart, an Ashley Home Store. Uh, there's a 7 Eleven across the street there. Um, that's about it. It's kind of windy here as it is in most places in this area. I'd say this is about a good six or six and a half, seven out of ten again because it's you know, not spectacular, but it's a very useful location. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Scott in Brentwood, Tennessee, just south of Nashville off of I-65 at a 12-station Tesla supercharger installation, all version 3, park on one side or the other. We also have two charge point chargers for a total of four connectors. If this is like uh, other target charge point installations I've seen, they're free for the first two hours. But I did not confirm it. This is in the parking lot of a Target. And further along, there are lots of different shopping and food choices, including a Panera. Bathrooms are just inside the Target to the left. I'm gonna give this one a seven out of 10. Now you know. Hey, this is Dave at the Madison, Florida Supercharger. Eight version three stalls. Decent place to walk your dog. If you've got kids, there's a field over there they can run around in there. However, if you want to get food, I would suggest not stopping at the Arby's. You'll probably finish charging before you ever get your food. I've been here twice the same thing. So grab something off the shelf and you'll be much happier. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you want to check out all of our Supercharger Reviews, we've got a map so you can see where they are in the world over on our website at nowyouknowchannel.com. And that's how you give us your new ones. Head over there as well for that. All right, so what do we got for new Superchargers in the world? We got a lot. We got the 8-stall in Chasse Sud, France. We got number 32 in Austria, the 16-stall in Graz, Austria. Number 130 in Texas is the 20-stall in Fort Worth at North Freeway. 
We got number 15 in Montana, the eight stall in Laurel, Montana. The three stall in Taizu, China. We got the three stall in Hangzhou, China. The three stall in Jinzhou, China. We got the six stall in Xi'an, China. We got the 12 stall in Shanghai, China. We got the three stall in Chongqing, China. The three stall in Hangzhou. And we got the three stall in Nanjing, China. We got number 145 in South Korea is the eight stall at Jenghuang at the Water Science Museum in South Korea. We got number 57 in Spain, the 12 stall at San Pedro del Pinatar, Spain. The three stall in Nanjing, China. The three stall in Zhushan, China. Number 155 in France is the 20 stall at Rene Clunet, France. Number seven in Arkansas is the 16 stall in Hope, Arkansas. The three stall in Jinan, China. Number 44 in Georgia is the eight stall in Athens at Alps Road. The three stall in Mianyang, China. And number 1776 in China, number 5363 in the world is the six stall in Chongqing, China. Thank you for making it to the end of the show, everybody. Remember, one of the biggest effects you can have on making this planet a better place is by sharing cool, useful, positive things that you learn. If you turn on the mainstream media, what do you get? You constantly get filled with negativity, bad news. That leaves you feeling like you can't do anything. You're just overwhelmed. What Zach and I love about EVs, batteries, solar, Starlink, these are technologies that we can use to make the planet better, cleaner, faster, and safer. So we appreciate you watching us and being part of our community. If you haven't joined our Patreon, I urge you to check it out. You'll get all of our Patreon bonus stories for just a buck a month. You'll support the independent news that we've been bringing you for 360 weeks in a row. I am just super proud of us and our team. This is just like amazing. You guys have helped us, all these people here. You've helped us do what I never thought would be possible. I didn't think we'd be doing this for eight years. Did you? No. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Now you know. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.